From the 97.7 WAOB studios at 6th and Mustard Streets in downtown Vincennes, it's time now for Legal News and Views. Now, here's Dave Rolligan and Jeff Cobb with Legal News and Views. Welcome, Legal News and Views. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And we're live here at the old Brevard House, downtown Vincennes on the corner of 6th and Busserin. Uh, back after a two-week uh, hiatus, uh, the Cardinals games, always they pay for the Cardinals games, <laughs> so they have priority over us. Uh, sorry, Cardinal fans, get them next year. But uh, we're happy to be back, and of course... We want you to join us, and the best way to do that is give us a call, 812-882-3737, hopefully with a question of a legal nature, but golly, it's been such a long time, we'll talk about most anything. We got to try out our new headphones, so Oh, yeah. Uh, We, uh, I don't know where they got the money here, but Sennheiser headphones, uh, ready and waiting. Uh, for Dave and I to use if with your call. Uh, otherwise, Dave and I go about our own merry way, talking about things uh, somewhat of a legal interest um, that we are interested in, hopefully you find entertaining. Wet day today. Um, maybe you're in out of the fields. And you haven't had to say that for a long time. We need the rain. <clears throat> well, we do. I, and I think a lot of the harvest is done. Really? Yes, just from my observation, driving up and down 41 and 50. <clears throat> Lady Gaga, yes. you ready? Yes. Give him her phone number. I wasn't listening. 812-882-3737? Yes. Now they got it twice. They, 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 it should be firmly ingrained. Lady Gaga doesn't have to pay the $500,000 reward to the woman involved in the dog napping case. You remember... Her dog napper, uh, or her dog walker, was accosted and hurt, and the dogs were taken. And she uh, had put up a reward of a half a million dollars, so she really likes those dogs. And the judge said when she got sued by the woman, she didn't have to uh, give the half a million dollars to the person who returned her two French bulldogs. They were uh, stolen in L.A. back in uh, 2021. Dog Walker was shot and wounded. Um, Because the woman who ended up returning the dog uh, was connected to the robbery. Oh, yes. So I gave you your dogs back, so give me the half million. $500,000? Yeah, that's more than I could have got for the dogs otherwise. (laughs) Oh, uh, the McBride lady pleaded no contest to knowingly receiving stolen property in connection to the crime. She was not entitled thereafter to benefit from her wrongdoing by seeking to enforce the contract. Uh, she says the uh, person who tried to get the reward, her motivation was to protect the bulldogs. Uh, but the judge basically said, you know, those dogs were stolen when you took them, so um, you were not really in a good position to... Uh, and she pled guilty to receiving stolen oh. <laughs> property. So that hurts. Yeah. And you've talked about this. Um, kind of a catch-22. Exactly. Or a catch-two French bulldogs for a half a mil. Yeah. That's a quarter mil apiece. I did that math in my head. Slayer rule. Similar. Yeah. If yes. uh, you kill your spouse. Well, spouse. If you kill anyone. 
Yeah, you, well, only if you're in. You, you don't you, inherit. You can't inherit, but usually it would be your spouse. I mean, who else would you want to kill? <laughs> My partner. Eight one two eight. And you do have an insurable interest in me. You heard it here first, uh, folks. No. Of course, if I d- it does happen. Cindy would probably be suspect numero uno. So, <laughs> well, uh, she's going to make a hasty retreat come December. Uh, we can talk her out of it. Okay. Uh, not necessarily a legal story, but one of local interest. Two hundred and ten years ago today was the Battle of the Thames, and that's probably not familiar to a lot of you. Also known as the Battle of Monroeville. Uh, it the troops, American troops, part of the War of 1812, were led by William Henry Harrison. Uh, in September of 2000, or 1813, uh, Commodore Perry had won a brilliant victory over the British in the Battle of Lake Erie, sending a message to Harrison saying, we have met the enemy and they are ours. Harrison's troops, who had just recently captured Detroit, uh, then moved into Canadian territory on the Ontario side of Lake Erie, where they were met by British troops along with their Indian allies. The Indians liked the British better because they thought the British would give them their land back. Uh, at the battle, uh, Tecumseh, the famous Shawnee chief, was killed by Robert Johnson uh, in a famous pictograph, uh, or sorry, Richard Johnson, And uh, after uh, the battle started, the British troops withdrew, leaving the Indians to fight alone and giving Harrison and his American troops a large victory, after which there was really uh, no Indian uh, problems of a violent nature in the old Northwest Territory and also ensured that Michigan would be part of the United States when the War of 1812 finally ended. Uh, Harrison, as you know, built Grouseland. At the time of this battle, he did not live in Grouseland. Uh, and shortly thereafter, he ran for President of the United States along with uh, Tyler, uh, with the Tippecanoe Tyler slogan, Tippecanoe being the battle in northern Indiana, where he, Harrison, beat the prophet, Tecumseh's uh, half-brother. Not to be disrespectful, but you would have thought the prophet would have seen that coming. Oh. <laughs> now, the, prop, the, the Battle of Tippecanoe is very interesting because... We used to have artifacts in our office from that. A confederation of Indian troops had gathered there on the Tippecanoe um, River uh, near Lafayette uh, and uh, for all practical purposes were peaceful. Harrison marched his troops and camped nearby. Uh, and uh, Tecumseh was gone, gathering more Indian allies, uh, and he told his brother, the prophet, don't do anything. Whatever you do, don't get in a fight with Harrison, because it wasn't time. He was still building his strength and building his power. The prophet, however, uh, being the prophet, uh, convinced all the other Indians who were there at Tippecanoe that they would be... Uh, immune to bullets, that he had a magic potion, and uh, convinced them to attack Harrison in the morning. It was actually a, a surprise attack, given all the circumstances, surprise. And uh, Harrison 
eventually uh, was able to hold the field, though there was some debate over whether it was really a victory for Harrison given the number of casualties, a lot of whom counties uh, in southern Indiana are now named for. Uh, so how did that uh, the imperviousness to bullets work out for those folks? Well, not very well. Uh, Prophetstown, the name of the Indian uh, conglomeration on the Tippecanoe River, uh, dissolved and disbanded, and um, uh, it, it is overall a victory for Harrison and his troops, but it was uh, our um, Emerson uh, had a great-great-grandfather who led the Vincennes Dragoons in the battle, uh, and had, that's the famous lithograph of Lieutenant Emerson holding back uh, General Harrison from riding to the front of the battle. So do you think the prophet said that those dead people had misapplied my magic potion and the live people, he said it worked? Well, let's put it this way. He wasn't much of a prophet. Ah, well, on that happy note, there'll be more legal news and views, 97.3, 97.7 on the FM dial, 1450 AM. We'll be right back after this break. Stay. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. And we're back. Legal News and Views. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. You can join us. 812-882-3737. I have a story, Jeff. Yes, I'm going to Dave. give you the bare outlines, and then you give me your legal opinion. Yogi Bear? Okay. It's actually Fat Bear Week somewhere in some state. Or Fat Bear National week. Park. Oh, 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 because oh, of the bears. Uh, they're getting ready to, the salmon coming up. They're getting ready to hibernate, so they have a contest to pick the fattest bear before they go into hibernation. They have before and after pictures of them. Mm. Got to keep up. All right, Jeff, this is right up your alley. An elderly couple accused an antique dealer of cheating them. Apparently, oh. they found this mask when they're getting ready for a garage sale. And they took it to the antique dealer who gave them $157 for it. And they said, boy, that's a great deal. This was just trash. Then they saw some online uh, articles about it. And uh, the uh, antique dealer sold it for about um, $4.4 million. Oh. That upset the elderly couple that said, you have cheated us. So they have a lawsuit against the antique dealer. Uh, for defrauding them or ripping them off. So what would you say if, I know you've had uh, instances in this, I think, where you find things in an estate or, some, or somebody at an auction and they say, oh, by the way, I found $20,000 taped under this drawer at this $20 desk I bought. So yes. who wins in that? Uh, very fact sensitive in this respect. It kind of depends on what the antique dealers said to the elderly couple. For example, if he, uh, knowing it was worth more, said it is not worth much at all, and in order to get them to sell it to him, and they sell it to him, it's what we call actual fraud. Uh, but um, if he's going to say, I didn't know what it was worth, 
and I never uh, said anything to them other than offering them $157, they're not going to have much of a case. Because, uh, I mean, that this is a type of transaction that happens all the time. Um, you, if you watch antique road shows, you'll constantly find uh, uh, something that uh, so-and-so bought it in an estate sale for $5, and it turns out to be worth $100,000. Um, that's just the nature of things, and the mere fact that this elderly couple didn't know what they were doing uh, when they sold it to him, is not a, uh, a defense. Uh, they sold it to him. They, they, uh, it was a deal, and um, they have to live by their deal. Well, this uh, antique dealer, instead of uh, putting it in his shop for sale, he went to three auction houses to find out its value, and it was listed. Uh, the estimates were between uh, uh, three hundred and four hundred thousand dollars. So he knew pretty quick that I'm not going to put this but in that's my after window. He bought. But he knew to check with the auction houses. He knew that I'm not just going to stick this in my window. Yeah, but that's the, the, still the risk. The auction houses are going to say it's not worth $157. I think he knew, Jeff. Whose well, side are you on? <laughs> you have to prove it. I mean, you, don't, you can't just say, I think. You'd have to prove that he knew it. Well, the uh, the, and you'd also have to prove that he misled the elderly couple. I think they had a chance to settle this. The antique dealer offered them 300000 Oh, well. My advice would have been... Take it! Take it and run. Yeah, my, mine too. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do another non-legal story because uh, Bob Ross, if you remember from the public uh, TV, uh, did a Paintings. painting show yeah. for 11 years. And my kids loved it. They would sit and watch, and they would paint along with him. It's very relaxing. You have a happy tree. Yeah, happy trees, happy clouds. Uh, apparently, he was an Air Force veteran, 20 years, and uh, took up painting while in the Air Force. Uh, about 1983, he started uh, his Joy of Painting show uh, on TV. He always did a full painting in one episode. Uh, and apparently in one of the first episodes, he did a painting called A Walk in the Woods, which he signed and later authenticated. And it is now sold at auction for $9.8 million. I thought it was $10 million, but that's pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Uh, my, uh, I used to like to watch the show along with the kids. He was very interesting. He, you can still watch them all, by the way. He had a technique. Uh, yeah, they're still airing. The shows are still on, on uh, television. Uh, from 83 to 1994. Uh, he died at the age of 52 from cancer. Uh, so I'm sure he's not going to profit from any of this. But they say he didn't sell many of his paintings. He held on to them or gave them away uh, for charities. Uh, so it's actually very rare to have a Bob Ross original from the TV show. Uh, police story. Uh, oh, yeah. From the police squad? You know, a police officer was caught littering from his patrol car, has been told to reflect on his thoughtless acts, and has given a mark on his permanent record. Uh, he was... Uh, Captured on closed-circuit television, opening the passenger door and discarding bread ends onto a grass area. Furious homeowners who captured the footage and stepped outside to confront him in a video uh, that was filmed and put on TikTok demanded that he 
pick up his litter and dispose of it, noting that uh, he would, uh, if the civilian had done it, they'd probably be ticketed right away. Uh, instead, the policeman, instead of picking it up, tried to deny throwing any litter at all, which you got to understand, there's video everywhere. Um, the uh, video caused him to have some discipline, and now he's out uh, in uniform picking up trash so that he'll have more time to reflect on his bad behavior. He probably should not set that kind of example. And uh, many things I see, like people who go through yellow lights or roll through stop signs or people who litter just uh, upset me immensely, which there's nothing I can do about those things. But I'll stick with an art theme, but with a legal kicker. Uh, in Denmark, uh, the Kunsten Museum in Aalborg, Denmark, paid artist Jens Hunning uh, almost $72,000 American uh, to produce two works of art. It was intended for him to embed banknotes uh, into the work of arts uh, as a statement on salaries in Denmark and Austria. Uh, instead, Hunning... Uh, <laughs> Did what I would do, took the money. Well, he calls his work of art, uh, take the money and run. And he says, what I have done is I have taken the money and I have run. Uh, he gave the museum two blank canvases. That's my art. Uh, yep. And uh, had them, they actually hung and showed them for a while. But then they sued to get their money back. They say he can keep some of the money for expenses, but um, they want most of the 500,000 kroner back. That's why I didn't do very good in my art appreciation class in college, because it's really in the eye of the beholder. And I was very critical of these uh, hunks of junk welded together. And, and about halfway through the semester, I said, well, I... I better take this pass-fail. And the professor, <laughs> I think, just to get back at me, gave me an A, <laughs> which was not counted because I took it pass-fail. You hear about these cases once in a while. Uh, the, uh, this person in Brentwood, who is a very uh, high-end uh, area, uh, got into this house on an Airbnb, um, this person uh, stay ended in April of 2022. She simply didn't move out. She's been living there rent-free ever since she moved in and refuses to budge unless the owner who rented her the place on Airbnb pays her $100,000 to relocate. Uh, she's not required to pay rent because the city had never approved the unit for occupancy, and it's... Uh, shower was constructed without a permit so there were some licensing issues so he probably should not have rented it so he's not entitled to collect rent but she won't leave um, because of those code violations the city determined that the owner couldn't evict her whom he claims won't let him into the unit to bring it up to code um, so you hear I think I have another story uh, down the road if we get to it where uh, squatters will go in, and they do, they're serial squatters. You, they go in, but you can't get rid of them unless you go through the eviction process, which is time and money. There uh, is a ex uh, Joe Biden official. I'm, I can't find here what kind of official he was. His name's Sam Britton. 
B-R-I-N-T-O-N. Uh, Sam uh, lists himself as being uh, non-binary uh, and uh, was often pictured, even though he has a mustache and a beard, with a dress on. Uh, that is was his undoing. Uh, he apparently stole luggage from the Ronald Reagan National Airport carousel, and one of the bags of luggage he stole was a woman designer who, when she saw his picture on TV, he was wearing one of her dresses. She told police they executed a search warrant of his house and it turns out he has stolen more than just her bag. I've seen those stories. He's a he's a lovely man with bald hair, bald head, and bald head. Uh, lipstick, and all made up, and likes dresses. I guess he's currently been charged with felony grand larceny, uh, and he's uh, has been a preliminary hearing in Arlington General District Court. This is out of Madison, Wisconsin. A man went into the state house there with no shirt with a handgun strapped to his side, demanding to see the governor. And that's going to create uh, some attention. Um, it was around 2 p.m. yesterday. The State Department of Administration had said he was demanding to see the governor, who was not in the building. Uh, he was uh, uh, taken into custody for openly carrying a firearm into the state capitol. Uh, weapons can't be brought into the capitol building. Uh, if they're concealed, and, unless they're concealed and have a valid permit. He did not have such a permit. Um, he then uh, was apparently released, um, and then he came back later with a rifle. Uh, so uh, at least he's persistent. Um, unfortunately, nothing bad happened to the governor. Yeah. Uh, we'll take our half-hour break here on Legal News and Views, 97.3, 97.7 FM. 1450 AM, 812-882-3737, your ticket to enlightenment. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. And we're back, Legal News and Views. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. Time now for that regularly scheduled segment of the program known as... Least Competent Criminals. Very good. I only have one nominee, uh, even though we've been gone a couple weeks. It's Eric Thomas. He's 33 years of age, lives in Largo, Florida. Uh, Eric was really upset. Seems he was selling marijuana, and someone stole $10 from him. What makes Eric incompetent is it's illegal to sell marijuana in Florida. Uh, and, but he called the police, and the police tended to believe him because he, Thomas, was holding 11 baggies of marijuana totaling 40 grams. He had been convicted of marijuana, cocaine, and battery counts in the last year, 
And as a result of calling the police for their help, uh, he was charged with two drug felonies and booked into the county jail. Just over a dime bag. The thief who stole Thomas's $10 apparently remains at large. Nah, fancy that. I got one. A Florida man is behind bars after he allegedly flaunted a stolen Mercedes-Benz on his social media account after using it to commit a rash of break-ins. Nicholas Coffey, 23, was arrested after he was identified as one of two suspects involved in multiple car break-ins in the Florida town where they live. The sheriff's office said Coffey and the second suspects, who were both wearing face coverings and gloves, were caught in the act on security cameras. Video surveillance uh, also allegedly showed Coffee arrive at the business in the Mercedes that had been reported stolen. Uh, he made a purchase inside the store, and um, then he went to his social media flaunting this new car he had. Uh, I'm not sure a face covering would be enough. This person has a... Uh, tattoo under one eye, a tattoo over the eyebrow of the other eye, and his entire neck in front from the shirt collar up to his chin is tattooed. So he might be an easy uh, identified guy. Uh, So if you're going to do that, I would, uh, you might want to keep it to yourself. And that brings to close this week's Least Competent Criminals. Thank you. Uh, a very sad 1972 case uh, involved a nine-year-old girl, Debbie Lynn Randall. Uh, she was walking home from a Georgia laundromat that was just a half a block from where she lived. Her body was later found. Uh, she had been abducted, raped, and strangled to death, January 13, 1972. DNA advancements have now led police uh, to say they have solved the crime. Unfortunately, uh, the DNA led to a gentleman, uh, William B. Rose, who was 24 at the time in 1972, but he took his own life two years after the crime. Uh, I don't know that this brings justice, maybe some closure to the family. Uh, How did they get his DNA? Well, I think what happened is there was DNA that they had. Advancements have now led them to uh, produce a better sample of DNA. And this uh, guy's sister or a relative had posted her DNA to one of those sites. Genealogical sites. uh, And uh, that led the police to say, hey, it's somebody related to you. And they exhumed the killer's body uh, to get his DNA and uh, have now verified that he was the killer. Memphis, Tennessee, a woman accused of crashing weddings and leaving with the bride and groom's money and gifts was arrested in Mississippi. Um, The sheriff's department said this Alcorn County woman had been arrested for the same crimes in Mississippi, Tennessee, and Alabama. Um, She had ruined... Uh, she just goes in while people are doing what people do at receptions and went off with the money and the gifts. Um, In 2019, Alabama authorities said they had uh, tied this lady to thefts at nine weddings. So that happens from time to time, and that's right up there with people who 
you know, go out to the cemetery and steal flowers. It's just, uh, that's pretty low to go in. And at a wedding like that, you could probably just mix in and not, uh, there's a lot of people at weddings that you don't know. And so uh, I guess you have to put a guard on your gifts. Well, somewhat of a similar nature is Juliana Sagram from Queens. Uh, she was delivering DoorDash food. That's in my next story. Long Island. Oops. Uh, uh, she got caught on a doorbell camera delivering the food, but then taking one of the packages on the porch. Uh, apparently, uh, that's not the first time she's done that. And she is now in jail, uh, charged with theft. Um, not, I guess, hadn't been tried yet. But, um, not. A, I'm kind of being convinced that I had to have a doorbell camera or something. Uh, I have cameras. Okay. Uh, I would probably advise staying out of Dubai. This 21-year-old New York college student was sentenced to one year in prison for allegedly assaulting and insulting a Dubai airport staff after she gently touched a security officer's arm. What happened, she was going through security and she had some kind of a back brace, which the airport security said she had to take it off. And she did, and she got through security, and then she was trying to put it back on, which is a two-person job. She She can't put that brace back on. And so she had just turned to her friend who was traveling with her. So she just reached out and touched the officer's arm, saying, I need my friend to help me. And that slight touch got her arrested, and she's been stuck in uh, Dubai all this time. And uh, until they release her, she's not going to be able to return. It's cost her thousands and thousands of dollars uh, um, to get out. So... There's a legal defense fund over there, but uh, you have to be cautious. And, you know, something like that you wouldn't think would cause that kind of uh, outrage. But I don't think she's actually going to serve a uh, year in actual prison, but she'll probably be on the no-flies list. I should have done this story as a follow-up. It's the Delphi murders, if you don't remember two very young girls near a walking trail in Delphi, Indiana, uh, were found murdered. They have since arrested and charged Richard Allen with the murders. Uh, He allegedly confessed uh, to other people in jail, uh, and uh, his defense team has said, well, we've gone through all the evidence given us to us by the prosecution, and we've, we have figured it all out. Uh, they said that the two girls were killed in a Odinistic pagan ritual and that they pointed to five other people involved in the killing. Uh, the prosecution has since said hogwash, uh, but uh, they claim that there was over 10 hard drives given to them filled with evidence and they have, uh, after reviewing that, said it's all right there on the hard drives. Um, and they actually have uh, named and uh, photographs of the other people they say were involved. Um, not what, sure what that was. Wasn't he connected to a gun or a bullet uh, casing they found? So it's not like the pagans were borrowed his gun. 
No, uh, my recollection of the story is um, he he was in jail for something else, and he was kind of bragging to his jailmates. I think he no, he was arrested because it was kind of a surprise, and then he his wife was being harassed. She lost her job, and oh, okay. So I don't. He was not in jail at the time, but he may have said something after that. Chevy Corvette, this guy uh, ah. turned his uh, car into a valet parking, brand new, 300 miles on it. Um, and then these, some of these newer cars, cars have uh, onboard uh, dash cams and uh, like a, you know, a, a black box kind of thing that records stuff. So he came back from his trip, went to get his car, and he noticed that there was more miles on his Corvette and he left it there. So he looked at his uh, dash cam video and saw that the uh, uh, valet parker had taken it. And, you know, you, you see that could happen. And there's actually a valet button you can push on a Corvette so they can't go out and, you know, burn your tires off. And although he didn't go <coughs> exceedingly fast driving around there, <coughs> what he did do was uh, over rev it. As a, the new Corvette, they said, you can only drive it this many RPMs for the first 500 miles. And this guy driving around had exceeded that. Of course, this guy was pretty upset that his new car had been treated that way. At first, the parking people had said that they would uh, compensate him. Uh, and then they've changed their mind saying, well, you know, nothing, nothing's wrong, nothing's happened, nothing to see here and you will uh, not be compensated, so I'm not sure how that will turn out. In another similar case, the uh, the person was so upset at his employee, he actually gave the guy a new car. So uh, uh, it's hard to trust people sometimes, I suppose. Well, that brings us to our last break here on Legal News and Views, 97.3 FM, 97.7 FM, 1450 AM. And you can call us, 812-882-3737, and still be part of the show. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. And we're back, Legal News and Views. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. 812-882-3737. Otherwise, we'll finish out the show, starting with uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, which moved on, won the wild card best two out of three. Uh, But this story involves a Phillies fan named Joey Henney. Joey went to Citizens Bank Park, where the Phillies play, September 27th. When he tried to enter the park with his emotional support alligator, Wally Gator. Uh, apparently, Henny has owned Wally Gator for several years, and the reptile is, believe it or not, certified as a support animal. Now, that normally uh, would mean the Phillies should have let him in, uh, except that the Phillies were well prepared. They uh, have a sign. Uh, on the stadium that says we support support animals guide dogs service animals or service animals in training are welcome 
all other animals are prohibited. Uh, so Wally did not make it in. Apparently, neither did Joey, uh, according to this Washington Post story. I have a Washington story. Yes. Sad news. The uh, <clears throat> Speaker of the House was unceremoniously booted, so the, now there's nobody in charge, but at least something got done. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's getting kicked out of her secret hideaway office, which she had maintained since she was the former Speaker of the House. Yes. That's the first thing that the new interim Speaker, Patrick McHenry, McHenry of North Carolina, told her to get out. And, you know, that seems kind of petty to me, but she well, said that uh, McCarthy needs that office now, so get out. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but I do know that... Uh, um, there was some upset Republicans that the Democrats did not cross and support McCarthy, but uh, apparently McCarthy doesn't have a whole lot of friends. Apparently, they would have, except uh, the next day after the motions made, he's on some TV show saying, uh, "Boy, it's a good thing we didn't have the shutdown, and it was all the Democrats' fault. All the Democrats were almost brought us to the brink." Of a shutdown. Oh, I see. And the Democrats are yeah. watching that and saying, hey, no, McCar- wait a minute. <laughs> McCarthy didn't make a lot of friends, no. Um, there's a hotel in Nashville, Tennessee, La Quinta Inn and Suites. I don't mean to somehow defame them, but. Uh, Will they leave a light on for you? Well, no. A trio of uh, friends were uh, trying to check in, but when they got there, there was no manager. Uh, so they just uh, decided to manage the hotel for themselves. So for the next several hours, they greeted customers, took phone calls, and even served breakfast to guests. Um, the manager mode kicks in, and we see what we can do. Eventually, a manager arrived, gave the trio a room key so they could finally check in, but they opened the door to the room and found it was occupied by a naked woman. Uh, exasperated, they decided to go to a different hotel, and they were awarded three suites and a free breakfast. What they, happened to the naked woman? I don't know. Uh, uh, didn't say what uh, what age or <clears throat> sad yeah. sign of the time. Eleven-year-old Florida football player who shot and wounded two teammates after a fight broke out at practice on Monday he was arrested. The alleged shooter uh, was uh, hit with an attempted second-degree murder charge, and his mom could also be charged because apparently it was her gun or the gun was in her car. Uh, They were fighting over something really important like chips or food or something. Um, And uh, mom's defense is, I told him not to handle the gun. So he lost his temper, had access to a weapon, and shot these two kids. Fortunately, they uh, were not... Uh, killed, but and I don't think they ought to be uh, shot either. Uh, down in Florida is a remarkable real estate development known as the Villages. It's for the elderly, and I, I like believe, this guy. <laughs> I believe he, there's over a hundred thousand people living in, in the area. Uh, they say the villages are nicknamed God's Waiting Room, and it's about 45 miles northwest of Orlando. And you have to be 55 or older to live there. No kids. Uh, so our gentleman, let's see, whatever his name is, Reggie, uh, he's 77 years old. 
and he actually had starred in an award-winning documentary about the villages, but he had about $1,800 worth of black market erectile dysfunction drugs that he decided he was going to sell uh, without prescriptions. That's against the law. Uh, and uh, it turns out uh, this isn't his first uh, brush with the law. Uh, he was arrested in the parking lot uh, in 2018 uh, as a suspicious person. They approached his car and they smelled marijuana and then they asked him if he had it and he said, sure, do you want some? <laughs> um, so, so, is, uh, so are those felonies or misdemeanors for the prescription drugs? I wonder if he'll do hard time. Well, I'm getting... <laughs> Never mind. Uh, former Americans who have renounced their citizenship. That was Dave. The heck with D -A -B. them. Have launched a class action suit against the United States government. They renounced their citizenship. Now they're suing the government. And they say that the government charges too much in unconstitutional cost of relinquishing their passports. <clears throat> Apparently, if you try to give up your citizenship and turn over your passport, uh, you have to pay a renunciation fee, I did not know this, of $2,350. Uh, and since 2014, Americans abroad who no longer wish to remain uh, and can no longer afford to, they say, pay the onerous U.S. taxes, uh, say we don't, we shouldn't have to pay that money. Uh, I don't know. I, I suppose if the, the the government fee is not connected to the government's cost, it could be too high. I don't know how much it costs them to you know run your passport through a shredder, but. Good luck with that lawsuit, in, you former citizens, you. In Birmingham, Alabama, a high school football game between Jackson, uh, wait a minute, uh, Jackson hyphen Olin and Minor High School ended up with Minor High School winning 27 to 0. Uh, Birmingham police decided that they had better get the stadium cleared after the game as quickly as possible, so the lights were turned off. And the bands were asked to stop playing so that people would leave. Jackson Olin band stopped. The minor band director, Johnny Mims, refused to stop playing. Is that the winning team or the losing team? That was the winning team. Ah. Uh, <clears throat> apparently, they decided to take him into custody. He would not put his hands behind his back, and he pushed an officer. And that got Johnny uh, the stun gun. Uh, More than once. So uh, the paramedics uh, had to treat him at the scene. They took him to further evaluation, but he's been charged with disorderly conduct, harassment, and resisting arrest. Uh, there was some controversy that it was unnecessarily heavy-handed, uh, but uh, I suspect the police position <coughs> is you don't do what you're told. It's shocking. Uh, there's been some uh, news about the dress code at the Senate, which... You know, you would think that senators would, male or female, would dress appropriately, but apparently the uh, the leader of the Senate said, okay, there's no dress code, and then they actually went back and reinstituted one because people were showing up in hoodies and shorts and stuff. Uh, this guy was a Chinese snooker player. Snooker. And he forfeits the opening game because he wore the wrong 
pants at the English Open. Ah. Uh, he says, my memory is not good. I didn't think about it. He admitted after he overcame a three-to-one deficit to win. Um, apparently, um, he forgot about the all-black dress code for the English Open in Brentwood, and after a friend dashed out to buy him a pair, he was late for the start and forfeited the first frame. So, if you're a champion snooker player, you ought to have somebody in your uh, entourage who would tell you what kind of pants to wear. Michael Jacobs was a store manager for CVS in Arizona. According to all accounts, he he loved being the store manager. He loved working at the store. Uh, Unfortunately, he caught Jared Seve, age 38, shoplifting. Uh, Apparently, he didn't turn him into the police or or anything. He just uh, must have asked him to put the material back. Seve left, got a gun, came back, and killed him. Um, showing no remorse when the police uh, came and arrested Seve he said well I guess he won't be talking anymore Um, he's been booked and charged with murder and with no bail right now Uh, just unbelievable (laughs) that somebody caught shoplifting would think oh I'm going to come back and kill the store manager this is the other uh, squatter. This people had rented a house in Sacramento, um, and this lady, this family's lived there for nine months. They had all the correct paperwork and so forth, but they stopped paying rent, and now they can't get rid of them. And they have uh, took them nine months to finally uh, properly evict them, so they lost $15,000 in rent plus damages that was done to the house, and now they're going to have to sell the property just to uh, try to recruit some of their losses. So um, I'm not sure that Indiana is that uh, restrictive on squatters' rights, but it's something to be aware of, especially if you invite people in or do not act promptly when they stop paying rent. These people would come up with things like, uh, somebody died in the family or I lost my job, and Jeff... (laughs) Well, our music has begun, giving us 60 seconds to kind of wrap things up here on Legal News and Views. We appreciate your listening. Uh, I'm Jeff. I'm Stay Dave. dry. I'm Dave, 97.3, 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOV. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Listening to the Talk of the Town, 97.7 FM and 1450 AM WAOV Vincennes and 97.3 FM WAOV Washington. I'm Tom Graham. The Biden administration facing questions over an apparent contradiction over border security. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas stated in a new notice that there was an acute and immediate need.